We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and it is position preview time. We're about a month out from training camp, so we're going to start looking down the 49ers roster and go position by position and take a dive into the roster, talk about what's interesting, talk about any position battles, and then whether we feel good about the team's depth at that position or not. So let's dive into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. You know, I'm glad we're talking about quarterbacks right now because we're recording this Tuesday, June 21st. I was at the Warriors parade on Monday, June 20th. And because my life is engulfed by 49ers content, I couldn't help it as I'm sitting there being rained on by blue and yellow and white confetti. Um, will we see a 49ers parade down market? in San Francisco anytime soon. And there's obviously a ton of layers to that, but I think if you were listing the things that that are going to go into an eventual eventual 49ers Super Bowl, it would start with the quarterback and for this group specifically Trey Lance. And yeah. that's that's kind of where I want to I want to jump off in this quarterback conversation because we've been having some variation of a QB conversation with the 49ers for two years now. Right. And so, I mean, what makes the Warriors unique, obviously, like, you know, any other great NBA team that's had any sort of extended run with multiple championships in the NBA requires great players, like star transcendent players, Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. um, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, like all these types of that, like that's typically what translates to winning multiple championships in the NBA. 
the NFL is a little bit different from the NBA in that it can be any given team in any season, really, like realistically. But you need in order you need a lot to go right. Right. Like you just need a, a confluence of events, a, a confluence of things going right. You need a roster that's really good at the right time. You need um, a coach that has a system that works well with the roster. You need good health. Um, maybe you need some matchups and some things to break your way during during the season. It, it Point being is like there's a little bit more randomness to the NFL, which creates the parity. Sure which makes it so interesting. And I think the NFL has done a lot of that by design, but then you get to the quarterback position and you have to figure out a way to give yourself the best hand possible, right? Like there's an element of random randomness and parity to winning a championship in the NFL, but more often than not, it takes great quarterback play. Right. So it's not, it's not at the same level of like having a transcendent star in the NBA, but it like it's of equal value because any right. team has a chance to win it where, you know, you can't look at the NBA and say, man, I don't know the Indiana Pacers, if they get hot, you know, they can <laughs> win a championship. Like that's just not how it works. Don't but sleep on NFL, Tyrese Halliburton, man. <laughs> right. My guy. But if, you know, if you get hot in the NFL, even a bad team can, can win five games straight and be sure. a few playoff teams, but that just doesn't quite happen to that level in the NBA. Um, but in order to prolong it over an entire season and give yourself the best chance to win a title, you have to have excellent quarterback play. Right. And when you look at any preseason prognostication about what teams are going to be good, all of the top 10 teams almost always have like an elite to almost elite quarterback. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's why I was listening to a podcast that was doing like the best GMs and John Lynch's name didn't even come up. But bet in three years, if Trey Lance is really good and the 49ers have won a Super Bowl with largely the same roster, they just have an awesome quarterback now. All of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan is one of the two best coaches in the league. And John Lynch, what a GM. And and every player on the team all of a sudden, with oh, look at the 49ers depth on their roster. Jimmy Ward, underrated player. Like the quarterback just has so much gravity. Right. And we talked about this going into the NFC Championship. Like the 49ers have had a very, very good roster last year. That the Rams did as well, but it was just written off like, oh, the Rams are a better team because they have Matthew Stafford and the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and ultimately, that, that, it proved out, right? But, like, it but, out. I mean, right. Matt Stafford outplayed Jimmy Garoppolo pretty substantially, right? In the second half of that game, I'll, right? It, with so, the exception of put the potential Jaguaski Tart interception right. that he dropped. Jaguaski Tart, by the way, big news signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll have a full emergency pod out on that soon. Um, <laughs> We'll fit it on the schedule. So we're going to go through categories as we as we go through these roster uh, roster previews, overviews, overviews. We're not previewing the roster. We're overviewing deep dives, roster deep dives, and we're going to go through the most interesting full breakdowns. Uh, thing about full breakdowns, full links. Uh, we're going to go through the most interesting part of of the position. We're going to talk about any position battles at that spot. And then whether we feel good or bad about the depth. So the most interesting thing for me, and if it's not for you, then we'll talk about what you want to talk about. But the most interesting thing for me is whether Trey Lance is good. I mean, that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> I don't way, have anything way to, else way to, to go say. out on the limb there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but that's what I, I mean. I, I said, I don't know what else. If you're <laughs> no, saying, I know, I know what you mean. Hey, what's interesting about a court. I mean, I guess you could say Jimmy Garoppolo and what happens with him. But 
that'll happen with like long before the season starts, I would think. Yeah, I'm I'm going based off what I think right now. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the roster for training camp. If he is, then we will redo this episode and talk about what that means. But let's let's go with the assumption that he's either traded or released before camp, which is the likely outcome here. Um, the the most interesting thing then going into camp is what does Trey Lance look like? Because okay, he looked good in OTAs and mini camp, which is fine. That's what you want, but it doesn't really mean anything. What's he look like once the pads come on? What's he look like when there's a pass rush? What's he look like in the preseason? Does he look improved at all um, with his with his accuracy and his touch? Like there's there's going to be things that we'll notice improvement wise once he's on the field and and playing in a game situation, preseason or regular season. And I just don't know what else could possibly outdo that as far as what you're looking for at this position. Yeah. I I think what, I think what's really the most interesting thing about Trey Lance and everything surrounding him this year is just the question of, you know, how good does Trey Lance need to be? And I asked that in the context of like, I'm expecting the 49ers to be one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I've said that over and over again, I would be shocked if they're not top three, top five in rushing attempts or rush rate, however you want to break that down, because I think ultimately that's how Kyle Shanahan wants to win. And when you look at the roster as it's constructed, the defense should be really good. Um, The skill position players should be really good. And I would think the running game could be one of the best in the league if they can figure out the interior offensive line spots. Which makes me ask the question, like, do the 49ers need Trey Lance to throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns uh, this season? And I think my expectations are no, right? Like, I don't think they need Trey Lance to be this all-everything quarterback in his first year. For they better them. hope not. Yeah, for them to win. Like, I, I think Trey Lance can throw the ball you know, 20, 25 times, which would be relatively low in the context of today's NFL. And they run the ball really well. They're a good red zone team. They don't turn it over. And that's the thing that Trey Lance needs to do, no matter what, is avoid turnovers. But just play to their defense. If they're going to be better on special teams, that that could factor in as well. But like the the thing that's most interesting to me is just how good does Trey Lance need to be for the 49ers to to win? And I don't think he's got to be like incredible. I think he's got to be solid. And that's a reflection of what they have on the roster around him. And I think if Trey Lance is just solid, the rest of the roster is good enough to where the Niners could win 11 games, like 12 games. You know, if he's just not turning yeah. the ball over and, and making plays um, in, in ways that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't outside of structure, I think the 49ers would still have a really high ceiling, even if Trey Lance isn't like one of the, five best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo last year was in 15 games, 3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And that was without the playmaking outside of structure. So while there are certain things that Garoppolo could do um, that I don't think Lance will be able to do right away, just in terms of recognizing defenses and um, Garoppolo was really good over the middle of the field, really accurate on those throws over the middle of the field. Is that something Trey Lance can do right away? I don't know. 
but he should help them a lot on third downs. He should help them a lot on fourth downs down near the goal line. Um, Doug Farrar at, at the NFL wire wrote a piece about the worst quarterbacks against different types of coverages. And he had the numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo at the goal line last year. It was two for 10 on throws at the goal line. And I think Trey Lance, I mean, could be better than that throwing it, but then he also gives him the added element at the goal line of, of his legs. And the 49ers are the best red zone team in the league last year. So I, I think if, if they get there with Lance, they're going to be really, really hard to stop in the red zone, which is, um, which is a place I think that they can improve. Even if there's, even if there's a, even if there's things he doesn't do as well as Garoppolo right away. Um, I also think here's a take. If he's throwing for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, it's probably a disaster for the 49ers. Because it probably means they're playing from behind a lot. And Wait, say, say those numbers again. You said 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. You I think, think that's, that's like a disaster. I think for this season, because that probably means they're playing from behind a ton. I don't or think there's a series like an MVP, a fringe MVP. Candidate. Well, OK, sure. <laughs> but I think it's way more realistic that in that scenario, they're having to throw a ton because they're constantly playing from behind. Yeah. Then it is like, oh, hey, here's this guy who barely threw it coming into the NFL. He sat his first year and now he's going to throw for be prime Aaron Rodgers. That, like, that would require the defense falling off a cliff. Right. Like that's a, what that's a, what, that, like going from like top five or whatever they were last year to like one of the worst in the league. Right. And that's what that's what I meant by a disaster for the 49ers. If Trey Lance can come out and do that and throw for forty five hundred yards and thirty five touchdowns and he's just that good in those circumstances, then cool. But it probably means they're not winning a lot of games. Or they're the, the number one seed in the NFC. Or they're or, right, or there's just the chance he's good as shit, and yeah. they're just like, "Yeah, we're gonna throw it all over the which, yard." Which, I just don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. I, I I'm I of think, the mind that they're gonna run it a lot. I think this year Kyle Shanahan is going to try to win, understanding the limitations of his quarterback. Right, like Kyle Shanahan. I think one of the things that makes him unique as a as a head coach is he does a very good job of tailoring schemes to what his players are good at. So he's going to spend he spent the spring trying to figure out what Trey Lance is good at in practice, and he's going to have more of a sample to pull from once training camp starts. And then he's going to be able to devise an offense week to week that takes advantage of what Trey Lance is good at and tries to avoid putting him in positions to fail. He's not just going to throw Trey Lance, I don't think, not with a roster that's good enough to, to contend that went to the NFC championship game last year. He's not going to say, hey, Trey Lance, go, you know, go throw the ball 45 times a game and we're going to try to win that way. Like, I think this is going to be a ball control, a ball control offense that does really well with the running game on first down, puts Trey Lance in a lot of favorable positions to utilize play action, like, you know, a lot of bubble screens to, to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, like those are not those are not difficult throws for Trey Lance to make or Jimmy Garoppolo for that matter. But if one of those guys rips off a 25 yard gain and it's all coming after the catch, that's going to look great on Trey Lance's stat line. Like that's one of the reasons why Jimmy Garoppolo was among the league leaders in average yards per attempt for, right. you know, for his time as a 49er starter was because Kyle Shanahan did such a good job of finding guys who are good after the catch and getting them the ball <laughs> in space. And I think the 49ers skill skill position guys this year might be the best group that Shanahan's had 
and it's not re- going to require Trey Lance to, you know, throw it 40 yards downfield every time for the offense to be effective. Right. And that's going to be, that's going to be something that I'm watching really closely is, is, are they utilizing his arm as a wrinkle in the offense? Like, Hey, now you have to worry about this deep shot because they're going to take it. Or is that something that he just leans on and doesn't take that underneath throw to Debo Samuel and instead tries to wait for Brandon Ayuk to get open downfield and make a lower percentage throw? That's can he can he make the easy read, put it on his receiver, and then let his receivers go make plays? Like I, I think he can, but will he do that? Will he in a tight spot in a third and six, um, in a big moment? Will he just take that first down to Jawan Jennings at the sticks? Like can can he make those simple plays that keep the chains moving? And yeah, you want him to connect on the deep ball here and there. But I think it's going to be the plays that keep him on the field um, that that are ultimately going to decide whether he has he and the 49ers offense are, are successful this year. I'm also very curious and I agree with everything you said. I'm also very curious to see like how much how comfortable Trey Lance is in those situations outside of structure. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that is just feel and just natural playmaking ability. And, you know, we talk so much about Trey Lance's just the the fact that he hasn't played a whole lot of football going back to college, having just one season at North Dakota State. And it's like, well, he's got a lot of learning to do. There's also an element of just like, what's it look like when he's out there? It Like, is he comfortable or not? Like trying to make a linebacker miss in space on a third and six, right? When he has to do that, like, is he going to, is he going to feel comfortable enough? And is like with the way he plays to put a move on somebody, or is he going to trip over himself? Like stuff like that, that is, is outside of, you know, what he's going to be coached to do by Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan is going to have to rely on Trey Lance's playmaking because look, if you look at, you know, the elite quarterbacks throughout the league, a significant part of what makes them great is just their random playmaking that is beyond the the X's and O's given to them by the coaches. Right. So is Trey Lance going to, is, is, is his lack of overall playing time going to contribute to maybe some rust in that playmaking area? Or is he just so naturally talented that he's going to be able to pick that up pretty quickly? And that was one of the things that kind of surprised me a little bit about when he played during his rookie season. It was like when he had the ball in his hands and he was running, he wasn't like a great runner. Like he didn't really make dudes. Right. Like he can run. But he wasn't like a plus, like, you know, he, he wasn't like a, a, a weapon, to- I would say, as a runner. Um, so is is that going to going to factor into his season this year and how much? Because if Trey Lance is like a really good playmaker and he turns out to be, you know, like Russell Wilson's like on the high end, like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those guys mm-hmm. who can just make pull plays out of their ass. That could help Trey Lance a lot when the X's and O's aren't there or when, you know, somebody misses an assignment or whatever. So I'm curious to see what that's going to look like also. Yeah. And I think, I think Russell Wilson is a good like comp for what I think he can be as a playmaker, because it's not going to look like Lamar Jackson making guys miss in space and then just outrunning guys. I think it's going to be like, Oh, he escaped the pocket and made that defensive end miss and then created space for himself. And there's Debo Samuel open down the field or there's Brandon Ayuk sneaking into the second level and and being open down the sideline for him. 
I think that's where we're going to see the playmaking. And then, I mean, I bet Russell Wilson has never broken a tackle. I genuinely don't know if he's ever broke, like in space. Like I know he's shed possible sacks, but like in space, he runs straight and then slides as soon as anybody gets close. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's where Trey Lance can be dangerous is on a third and seven. Okay. They're rushing three and they're dropping eight but everybody's got their back to the quarterback and now he's taking off and there's nine yards in a first down. That's, that's where I think his legs will come in way more than like on designed runs and, um, you know, yeah. I don't have anything besides designed runs on designed runs. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. The The thing with Russell Wilson and you mentioned, I was going to say designed runs and QB keeps, but those are the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing about Russell Wilson and the fact that like he rarely or if ever breaks tackles, I mean, that was part of his durability, right? Like he right, was that's a, a, skill. a super durable player because he was really good at avoiding hits. Whereas you look at Trey Lance's first start in Arizona, there's that play at the goal line where he tries to drop a shoulder, I think in, on Isaiah Simmons. And it was like, no, you, this is not, you know, this is not Northeastern Arkansas State Polytechnic anymore, you know? It's a great <laughs> like, program. <laughs> no no disrespect to that program and all the coaches. No disrespect involved. to the Jackals. <laughs> but, 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 like, there's an element of, like, you know, you have to be – we talked about it when, when we talked about what? Frank Gore and just his ability to avoid taking big hits. Like, that is a really important skill, and particularly for a quarterback, because he has to be available, and that's more important than him maybe getting an extra yard or two here and there. It's – dude, it's – he got racked up twice against Houston trying right. to lower his shoulder at the first down marker. It's just not going to work. And so I'm hoping in those two starts he – realize the value of self-preservation and just like you said he's not playing against um north dakota state's opponents where where he can northern iowa where he can just lower his shoulder and run through a linebacker or a safety is northern iowa kind of redundant or no what do you mean i mean iowa's northern or is it just yeah it's like the northern northern part of iowa okay yeah it's not like iowa of the north okay fair. anyway sorry it's, it's not, <laughs> um but there's there's also like a, the possibility that trey lance just does get stronger right like trey lance has a that'd frame, be wild but i mean trey lance has a frame where he could probably get to like 235 240 and carry it fine yeah but also i think railroading safeties is not that good of a way to preserve yourself as a quarterback shout out to cam newton sure but like if you are bigger and you and you pack on good weight you're going to be able to withstand like you know so you got sacked 40 times in a season right Ooh. like by defensive linemen you know i'm not yeah no totally totally like like he sure. can gain i'm not i'm saying he could gain weight for a lot of different reasons aside from just trying to truck safeties which he shouldn't okay. be we, we're in agreement. He should not be trying to truck safeties <laughs> on the rig, regardless of how big he gets. Yeah, he should he running should try into to bodies is not that good of a thing to do. Yeah. Um. Any position battles? I don't think there's a battle for the QBT spot. I think it's Nate Sudfeld. I think it's they Nate don't want. Sud- there's no way they want a rookie as his backup. No chance. Yeah, I mean the the thing with Sudfeld, he got two million dollars in guarantees, which makes you think like 
yeah, that that probably means he's a shoo-in to be the backup. But also, like, what if Brock Purdy's just better? Like, I don't honestly, I've watched Brock Purdy during during training camp. Like, he has he doesn't really have physical OTAs. OTAs, sorry, not training camp, OTAs, mini camp. Um, and like he's very accurate. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like, I'm not saying I think this will happen, but if Brock Purdy beats out Nate Sudfeld for the backup job, I'm not going to be like flabbergasted. I'd be pretty surprised. I think Brock Purdy is going to light up a bunch of future insurance salesmen in the preseason. And it's going to be a topic of discussion because nothing drives content. Is he going to be nothing drives content for NFL fans like a third string quarterback against insurance salesmen and practice squad guys in the preseason. So it's I'm that just, I'm and just... wide receivers on the trading block. <laughs> I I just I the Niners need. To I think he's going to win Josh the Marcus Gordon. Rush Award this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. But I going back to the receiver point, the Niners just need to 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 sign Josh Gordon just at some point. Like, I don't, I, it probably can't happen this year, but just sign him to just like get everybody to forever shut up about right. Josh Gordon because it's like right. anytime, oh, the Niners need a receiver. Well, Josh Gordon's available. Go get Josh Gordon. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was a, that was a vent. No, that's fine. Um, future 49er Odell Beckham. About week 10, Niners need some receiver help. We'll OBJ's healthy. We'll probably go to Jacksonville. I hear they're shelling out the big bucks for receivers. Trent, Trent Balky just will overpay for a guy coming off an ACL injury. It's a, it's a great point. I'm surprised they haven't signed him already. Um, and yeah, state I, income taxes in Florida and all that. Sure. And mm, nope, not going to say what I was going to say about Florida. <laughs> um, I wouldn't choose to live there personally. Um, shout out to everybody who does, though. God bless. I, I just I, I think it's I don't think they want a rookie quarterback as a backup for for Trey Lance. And I'm not sure that Brock Purdy is going to be so much better that it's like, oh, man, this guy has to be the backup in the event that we need a spot start. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel strongly about it either way. I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting Nate Sudfeld to be the backup, but I don't think he's good enough to where we just say like. This is get this is a sure thing. So you think there is going to be a QB two battle? It wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I was really impressed by is Brock Purdy during during the spring. Like I think he's he's super accurate. Is this a hill he you're going to die? Where to go with the ball? And I think it was impressive from a seventh round quarterback because so often you see those guys and it's like God, this guy doesn't even deserve reps. But like Brock Purdy, like looked like he belonged. Is all I'm saying. Gritty. He's gritty. I mean, we know bonafide dirt dog. I'm just saying, man, we saw what <laughs> this is. This, there's you heard Nick, it. There's here. some Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins type stuff with Brock Purdy. All right. And Nick Mullins was on the practice squad his first year. He was. He's going to he's on that Nick Mullins track. He might Watch be. out. Watch <laughs> the, the league better hope. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the idea that you're just the number one Brock Purdy stand. Like everyone else is out there taking notes on other stuff, and you're just like, "Wow, this Brock guy just really gets it going." Must win game: Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. My column. 
<laughs> I'm just saying Brock Purdy's a more experienced passer. Yeah. <laughs> he is. <laughs> How many Brock Purdy had 1400 pass attempts in college at the FBS level. Uh, yeah, at the real D1 level. Not some double A stuff. Although Did Trey Lance have like 400 college pass attempts, something like that. Like 318 I think is the is okay. the number. Anyways, um, I think here's the problem with the QB two stuff. Like we're being serious, but it's also a little bit tongue in cheek, but also the QB two conversation just NFL wide became super skewed by Nick Foles. All of a sudden there's this like dream scenario where it's like starting quarterback goes down, but we still win the Super Bowl because we have an awesome backup quarterback. And that's just not a thing that happened to the Eagles and Nick Foles because Cody Parkey banged a field goal off the uprights twice. Right. I mean, I I don't. It's like playing blackjack and and you get Delta six and then you just hit and then you get 21 after like seven cards. Right. And then being like, I'm hitting on a I'm hitting on this every time. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't. um I just feel like the that whole conversation of like, oh, who's going to be the better quarterback? If 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 Trey Lance goes down, can one of these guys win? Like, n- are the Packers or Bills or Chiefs or any team with a great quarterback worried about what happens if their QB one goes down? Like, no. <laughs> the answer is no. Because. You mean because like no matter what, they're not going to be able to win because like obviously right. they don't want their quarterback. To right, right, right. But they don't they're not like contingency planning like, oh, we need a good backup in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Like, no, they're rolling with Jordan Love, who they don't even like. Right. More often Who's the teams, Bills backup. Uh, don't know. Um, Is it? I think it's still Chad Henney in Kansas City. Yeah. Like, is it Matt Barkley? Is Matt Barkley? And in- it might be Matt Barkley. Okay, he's in so, the room for sure. Whether which, he's QB two, I don't know. Which points to like I, I think a lot of teams more so than like, okay, will this backup quarterback keep our season alive? Because they know that's kind of like a ridiculous way to approach it. Because he wouldn't be a backup if he was good enough to like for you to feel awesome about keeping your season alive, right? Like realistically, yeah, right. A lot of NFL teams value like who can be the really good teammate like the teacher's assistant for the starting quarterback right like who's gonna be who's not gonna try to undermine the starter who's gonna help the starter with you know breaking down film and scouting reports and all that stuff right like they're like it's the behind the scenes stuff like how can that guy help the quarterback the starter be the best guy he can be and that that guy might is I mean that guy is certainly Nate Sudfeld in comparison to Brock right. Purdy, a rookie, which is right. which is a fair point. All I'm saying is, I've seen enough from Brock Purdy to be optimistic about his future wow. as a backup quarterback in the NFL. Are you reporting this? <clears throat> yes. All caps report colon. I'm aggr- I am aggregating the <laughs> heck out of this. <laughs> Biederman thinks Brock Purdy could eventually be a solid backup quarterback. Full link. What was <laughs> that? Would what get? Was... <laughs> I'll get like four four heart clicks on on the Twitter. Yeah, I think so. Um, I also what did what did Dan Burglar have his comp? 
like Colt McCoy. Oh yeah, yeah, ceiling yeah. is Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt McCoy ceiling. Like you would take that. He projects. He hey, projects as a potential NFL backup with a Colt McCoy like ceiling. If Brock Purdy has Colt McCoy's career, shout out to Brock Purdy, and that's a great pick by the 49ers. Yeah. Last pick in the draft, and you got a guy who's just going to be your backup for ten years, and you feel okay if he's in the game. Colt, yeah, Colt McCoy won a. Won You're a talking me into Brock against, Purdy. What, Colt McCoy won a road game against a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. It's a great point. It's no small thing. Shouts to Drake Kirkpatrick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> good or bad depth at the quarterback position? Um, if Trey Lance gets hurt, they're, they're screwed. But like to your point, if 90 percent, 90 to 95 percent of the league's teams lost their starting quarterback, they'd be screwed. So I would put the 49ers within that category. Um, but I think in terms of like being a quality human and teammate and somebody who's really going to help Trey Lance, I think Nate Sudfeld is is the guy for the job. I think it's fine. Their quarterback depth is fine. No team with a good quarterback has ever gone into the year being like our QB two is not good enough. And that's just not a thing that happens. If Trey Lance <laughs> feel- is good, if Trey Lance is good, the 49ers will have good quarterback depth. If he's not, they're going to have bad quarterback depth. That's it. Yeah. I mean, ideally they wouldn't have to even mm-hmm. broach the idea of like, do we have good quarterback? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's Which is like notable. I mean, Trey Lance did spend some time in the spring talking about how he's back to throwing normal because he couldn't really throw normal last year after his thumb injury, which happened in the preseason. Right. Mm-hmm. And then his first start, he injured his knee. Finger? Middle finger? One of his fingers. One of the fingers on his throwing hand. I th- uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't want to I don't want to speculate. Um, but yeah, I mean injuries injuries are something to at least they like they need to be on everybody's radar because he did deal with two of them. And he said he didn't, he couldn't 
throw the ball like he normally would be able to throughout his entire rookie season because of that preseason thumb injury or finger injury. Sorry. Right index finger per mm. Google. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. How was, yeah, uh, um, how was, can we, can we transition to the parade? I haven't heard anything about the parade from you. It was a phenomenal time. We're transitioning to light minutes, subscribe rate review to candlestick chronicles. If you don't want to hear us talk about basketball. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had an incredible time. I was there with my job, my other job. Um, we were on site broadcasting, which just was a lot of me kind of standing around and enjoying the festivities. And the atmosphere was, I got into the city about six 30 and there were already people lined up for this 1120 parade. Um, six 30 in the morning. Yeah. Six 30 in the morning. Wow. That's, um, uh... yeah, there were people like, like lined up with chairs doing the whole thing. Um, uh, we were down right at the start of the route. So got to see pretty much everything. Uh, there were confetti cannons right near us. So we're getting rained on by confetti. The atmosphere starting at about eight or eight 30 was just electric. I mean, people chanting, there were signs and, um horns and different uh different musical instruments being played and it was just a huge freaking party and you could tell like people just rock with this warriors team in a way that it, it's like it's rare it's it, it it's i mean gp2 got off the bus shirtless with a super soaker and people just loved it. And Juan Toscano-Anderson, who barely played in the playoffs, is out there, you know, getting a ton of love from the fans. He's a Bay Area guy. Um, Draymond was Draymond. He was on one. Um, I mean, at one point, Clay Thompson posted this video. of It's like a selfie video. And people had just breached the parade route and were just walking up market behind Clay. And it is just this wall of people as far back as you can see. Yeah. And no, and, and the video is incredible when that happens, when it's just like, like it looks like it's 50,000 just people on market street and clay holds up the trophy and everybody goes nuts. Like that is an epic video. It's incredible. And when he first like leans back, it looks like he's falling into a sea of people. It's, it's really, really cool. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but it was, it, I think the thing that stuck out the most to me is I saw zero conflicts. I saw zero problems. Um, nobody was out there to, to hate. Nobody was out there to, you know, be a jerk. Um, everybody was just there to party and have a good time and celebrate this awesome championship that the Warriors won. And um, it was just, it was a, it was a, good ass it was a good ass time good sports moment right really as good sports moment as somebody who's been going to warriors games i've been on the warriors bandwagon for about 30 i would say 30 years like i'm not that old but like i've been going to games since i was like a kindergartner pretty much <laughs> um this i think this is my favorite championship of the four that yeah. they've gotten in my lifetime mm-hmm. and like the reasons are pretty clear like Steph being the best player on like unquestionably the best player in the finals and getting it and having that game four performance that basically tilted the series after Boston felt in control when they went up to one. Um, and then just the way 
I don't know, man. Like you hear everybody talk about it and it's corny. And like, I'll admit, like I'm a Warriors fan. I don't like talking about fandom like publicly on the record. But like, mm-hmm. given that I don't cover the Warriors at all, I feel OK talking about it. It's just wild to see how far the Warriors have come from the Bob Sura, Adonal Foyle, Antoine Jameson, Nick Van Exel. Yeah. Todd Fuller. A Felton bunch of guys Spencer, that were like a bunch of guys that were fan favorites, like low key, ironically. Right. Like the Warriors fans were such good fans that they like picked these dudes who really weren't good players, but had some quirky things about them. And they just like latched on to that type of stuff. Right. And now it's like they can latch on to all the quirky things while winning at like a, an historic rate. Yeah. It's it's really wild. So like the Warriors used to be the laughing, like one of the laughing stocks of the league. You know, my dad and I would often go just to see like the best teams mm-hmm. um, come in and play the Warriors. We we're Warriors fans, obviously. But like I remember we drove down to San Jose to see Michael Jordan um, play the Warriors when they were renovating the, the arena in Oakland. Had to be what, 97, 98, something like that. Um, but like. They were the laughing stock of the league. Like, Warriors, it's a great time out. Like, those terrible commercials and, like, the Thunder logo, which, like, in hindsight, those those uniforms are kind of fire. Like, the second iteration of them, like, the lightning bolt down the side. They're so um, sick. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a big fan. But even, Anything like... Anything the... with, with that logo on it, I'm buying it. <laughs> but it, the Warriors used to be one of the laughing stocks of the league. They were one of the worst run organizations in sports. And now... They are like probably the model organization, literally in all of sports. Yeah. Like, it's I don't think it's hyperbolic to say like they're making more money than anybody. They're spending more money than anybody and they're winning more than anybody. And they've done it with a core that they've pretty much drafted <clears throat> with the exception and a couple guys they added via trades. Yeah. So it's wild to see that they've come so far because they were so bad for so long. That like this, I just want to reiterate that it should not be taken for granted how insane the Warriors run has been. The, I, I tweeted this. So if this is redundant for you, sorry. This run has been going on this long. Okay. This time between championship number one and championship number four is the same span of time from we believe to championship number one. When they won their first title, we believe felt like a million years, like in the past. Yeah. It felt so long ago. Yeah. And now they're at this stretch of time where they have been at the top of the league, like the pinnacle of the league, when healthy for basically that same stretch of time. Can I push and back? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Can, can I push back on one of the dumbest takes I heard? Um, I think it was at one point during the playoffs that just like, like really just, just pissed me off grinded your gears grinded my gears i heard a take that people said warriors fans enjoyed the we believe team more oh no someone asked a question like which no there were this is how it went there was a take i remember now there was a take that said warriors fans should enjoy the we believe team more than the kevin durant championships that's dumb it was like one of the dumbest things i've ever heard in my life like they won one series Kevin Durant brought two titles. Kevin Durant joined this team and made it one of the best teams, if not the best team any 
observer of basketball has ever seen. Right. Like, it's insane to me that people are like, oh, like, like the Warriors had like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. He had a chance to be like, yeah, let's make the best team ever. And people scoff at that like it's some stupid idea and like, oh, he should be more selfish and care more more about his legacy than winning championships. That's the thing like the 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 thing that I think it's underrated about Steph Curry. Like people look at Kevin Durant joining the Warriors as a way to sort of tarnish Steph's legacy where it's like I think it enhances Steph's legacy because Steph was willing to allow Kevin Durant to do it and take his shine away and potentially, quote unquote, impact his legacy like to me. To me, Steph, Steph deserves more credit for being willing to do that and succeeding because, as we've seen, Kevin Durant can go to another team, join other star players, and they crash and burn. He's won the same amount of playoff series since he left Golden State as Golden State has won titles. Yeah. And, that, and here's the other thing, it just because I like Kevin Durant. I don't want this to be – I'm not knocking Kevin Durant. I do too. I'm knocking the dis- the discourse. Right. The NBA discourse Dude, drives me they're nuts. the only they're the only two players, Steph and KD, the only two players in history who get dinged for being on a great team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is is Larry Bird's legacy tarnished because he didn't leave the stacked Celtics team to go win a title by himself somewhere? No, nobody says that. And nobody nobody win- says that. And nobody wins titles by themselves either. That's just not a thing that happens. Nobody says, hey, you know, Magic Johnson, he's not one of the best point guards of all time because look at his teammates. That's not a thing that happens. We rate the great players by how many titles they win. And if they don't win titles, they're well outside that list. Like, where's Allen Iverson, right? Like, where's Charles Barkley? Yeah, everybody respects the hell out of Allen Iverson because he never had any help. Well, you know what? He also never had any championships. Right. Right. And just, I mean, look at Barkley was a monster when he played. Charles Barkley was unbelievable, but he's just not in that conversation because hey, he didn't have a t- didn't have a ring. Yeah, Brandon and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, man. So so we're gonna Tough ding. Shit. We got to ding players for. Yeah, we're to we're to the point where it's how you win your rings. Right, you have to you have to walk in the snow uphill both ways. Right, do it with you know two hundred pounds in your backpack. Uh, you got to go work a job before school, after school. You got to feed your family of 20. And it's the only sport. It's the only sport where that happens. Yeah. Nobody's going like, hey, Trey Lance's legacy isn't going to be very good because the Niners, they traded for Trent Williams. Right, right. That well, just... you know what? Bill Walsh is kind of overrated because he had Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Like, nobody does that. That's not right? a thing. That's not a thing. It's so dumb. <laughs> Basketball yeah. discourse sucks. Basketball discourse mostly sucks. We are the two. We are the only two smart basketball fans no us and samus oh, and, and andy lou and and all the goons shout out shout out to them for uh for killing it throughout the, the championship run again just it's, unbelievable it's joy and a joy to listen and andy has just been a delight on twitter <laughs> i mean <laughs> so good really good okay let's jump, I'm gonna let's go jump now. out of here yeah i got a flight in a couple hours i'm taking a red eye i'm nervous i haven't been on a red eye flight in years I'm not okay. I mean, I'm not really nervous, but I'm like I'm a little you're bit you're very in touch with like your your body cycles and stuff. So I'm very interested My to see body cycles. You... Jesus. Yeah, dude, your nutrition, <laughs> <laughs> your 
your your nutrition and your sleep schedule like you are you're big on that stuff i'm big on self-care i don't know about body cycles that doesn't really apply to me <laughs> i meant like <laughs> I meant like sleep cycles and your oh, sure. digestion yeah. well, and things like that like you're oh, bro yeah you're big into that i mean you're just pounding water right now i'm pounding water dude it was i mean it's 105 degrees in Sacramento right now. Like if I'm not pounding water I read on the internet one time that a good way to beat jet lag is by pounding hella water. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I also played around a golf today and it was hot. So I'm like rehydrating after that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's the water to rehydrate plus the water that you're going to need to adequately adjust to the time change. And like, you know, flying's dehydrating just in general being on plane. Yeah, totally. So. All right, man. Don't hydrate. See how you feel. <laughs> Maybe light okay, a candle or two. I, dude, they've been lit. <laughs> that was a shot. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take a shot. No, that's honestly, no, that's not a shot. I have no shame Okay. in the amount of candles I like. Do you know why? Because when people walk into my home, they go, well, it smells great in here. Well, thank you. Yeah, when They're people like, walk that in Japanese my home. Cher- is that Japanese cherry blossom and coconut? Yeah, it is. <laughs> people see me they're like man you look hydrated (laughs) your house smells like shit but dude (laughs) super hydrated all right let's get out of here goodbye everybody for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.